Hey there, everyone. Welcome to the show. On this week's episode, we are talking all about Adventureland. That is the topic. We did we did Main Street a couple of weeks ago, maybe a month ago now, and we are now hitting up Adventureland on our tour through Disneyland. So this is a Disneyland-specific discussion um, about um, just about Adventureland. So hope you guys enjoy that. We definitely enjoy talking about it. Adventureland's one of... I think it's one of the underrated lands, it just in terms of, you know, people think about Main Street, they think about Fantasyland and, and New Orleans Square, and and now they, they probably think a lot about Galaxy's Edge and even Tomorrowland, but I think that Adventureland gets overlooked, and I'm happy that we were able to highlight some of the things that we enjoy about it and some of the things that other people might enjoy quite a bit too. If you want to follow the show, you can find us on Facebook. Um, our page is just uh, the Talking Llamas podcast, and Thomas and I are on Facebook as well. So you can find us find us there. And then our Instagram page is just at Talking Llamas podcast. And I'm on Instagram at Dead Disney Dad. You can find a lot of pictures of, you know, we do Walt photos with quotes, and we do pictures from past trips. And we have all sorts of stuff there you can check out. And you can also engage with, engage with us there if you'd like. And then for further engagement, you can reach out to us uh, via email. Uh, you can email us at uh, at our email, which is talkinglamaspod at gmail.com. That is talkinglamaspod at gmail.com. You can ask questions there, and we will answer those uh, when we get them. So send those along our way, whatever they are Disney-related. And then just to support the show, the best thing to do is subscribe. You can also rate and review. Leave us a little rating, a review. Let us know what you think of the show. And then, as always... Tell a friend. Tell someone who might enjoy the show about the show, and uh, that'll open us up to a wider audience. Thomas is telling me to wrap it up, uh, so I'm going to do that, but just, uh, yeah, tell someone about the show. All right, guys, without further ado, enjoy episode 46 of the Talking Llamas podcast. Welcome into the show. I am Robert Camozzi, joined here by Thomas Nelson, as always. Hello, hello. Today we're talking all about Adventureland. One of uh, one of my favorite lands. I, I I don't know how you feel about it, Thomas. Is it one of your favorites? I well, it's it's like with everything else when we do these podcasts, and I start to research them, um, research oh, yeah. the, the topics. I. They grow on you, even if you don't like them that much. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I, I, I don't dislike Adventureland. It has two of my favorite attractions. Adventureland uh, is definitely one of my five or six top favorite lands in Disneyland. <laughs> in just Disneyland Park. Yeah, <laughs> that's good to know. Uh, well, before we get into what we think about Adventureland and some of the history of it, why don't we let Walt Disney tell us a little bit about it? Well, the hard work and hectic days are behind us now, so. Let's join the crowd and share with them in the fun of a true life adventure in Adventureland as it is today. 
As we enter the gates of this tropical settlement, we leave the everyday world far behind. For here, the atmosphere is filled with the sights and sounds typical of an isolated trading post on some hidden jungle waterway. That about sums it up. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's saying something. I mean, it was a basic introduction. Yes, very basic. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, you know, Adventureland, in doing research for this, um, Adventureland has changed a lot over the years and added a lot of things. Even the Jungle Cruise, that which, you know, is an opening day attraction, has changed quite a bit since the opening of the land and of the park. So, I, I don't know. I, I feel like when Adventureland first opened it, Maybe more than any other land, it took time for this one to sort of take shape. Uh, and I say that because of there's a lot of reasons, but one of the reasons is just for the plant life that they had to get for it that took time to, to really grow and the ideas. And, and some of the things that they implanted into the land later are, are sort of IP-driven. Even, you know, the, the former treehouse, you know. The, uh, Swiss family treehouse, yeah. Yeah, I mean that wasn't there on opening day. That you know that that IP wasn't available to them. Uh, obviously, it's been replaced by Tarzan, which is even further out. And then you have Indiana Jones, which you know again, these a lot of things that are there now, uh, they're you know they they weren't part of the picture, just in the Disney company in general, but let alone in the theme parks. And then you know the Tiki Room's a later idea. Um, and like I said, the Jungle Cruise took a lot of time to sort of take shape uh, to, to what it is today. Even oh, though- yeah. And there was a lot of changing going on in just the small stuff, too. Like shops shops were changing and dining locations changed over time more, like like you said, Enchanting Tiki Room. But right next to that, there used to be a restaurant. We know it as the Jolly Holiday now. It was called the Plaza Pavilion. And it the, had a back portion, which is, I guess, the Tropical Hideaway now. But it, it, you know, it was Tahitian Terrace, and then Aladdin's Oasis, and then now T, and then uh, it's the one Tropical I just said. Hideaway now. That's the one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but then little shops too had just changed here and there over time. I think there used to be a, a cantina where the tree was put in for Swiss Family Treehouse, or at least near there. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of things that have come and gone over the years in Adventureland. Uh, I don't know if more than any other land, maybe, but it just. In like I said, in doing research, it seemed like there's been a lot of change over the years, which I think now it's it's pretty solid. It's definitely cramped uh, in a lot of ways. They've done things to remedy that over the years, but well, it makes sense in in some ways. I mean, uh, think about a jungle, and if you were in the jungle, it wouldn't be spacious usually. You wouldn't think so. No, 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 you wouldn't. So you know, thematically, way to go. I like the intimate nature of it, though. Oh no, I don't mind it. I it just it's definitely when you walk through it it definitely feels um i guess intimate's the right word but it can feel claustrophobic too if you hit it at the right time of day Um, yeah not as much so now that they've sort of adjusted the stroller parking uh which has been moved from basically the center of the land off to it's moved a couple of times recently Mm. so you know it's somewhere but it's in a better position now for better uh you know flow traffic Jungle Cruise is interesting because it started off as more of a, I guess, an educational, uh, that that was what was 
the attempt anyway was it to be to be educational but also entertaining and it's definitely changed over the years i mean anyone who's written it recently and well i mean maybe we should take it back a little bit to what's sort of the inspiration for what this land is going to be about because educational fits into that i think and the, it was the true life adventures the films that sort of preceded this in, in uh inspired it really yeah why don't you explain those a little bit to people who may not understand or may not know about them well there are a series of films nature documentaries you could say i mean it's definitely film of animals in the wild but they were made entertaining by you know attributing you know characteristics to you know sort of like humanizing them a little bit and Mm -hmm. giving names to them what you'll see now on disney nature is the same kind of thing only this was a long time ago and uh, I, th- I can't remember exactly when they started, but certainly the 50s, maybe even late 40s. Um, but Walt had an affinity for nature, and that you could definitely tell as much by the fact that he pursued this project with uh, the True Life Adventures. And then that just extended further into Adventureland. Yeah, so that kind of serves as the inspiration for uh, for the land itself, but definitely for the Jungle Cruise uh, which was originally supposed to be called Tropical Rivers of the World, or at least that was sort of the working title. That and Explorer's Boat Ride, those are sort of... I feel like there might have even been more, too. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. These are sort of working titles, you know. Once they, and they still are, really. Yeah. <laughs> you never know when they'll come back with something. Good. Yeah, yeah. Well, and anyways, it, it started off with far fewer animatronics than it has now. Um, it it was, and again, it was more, it definitely wasn't as lighthearted. Well, as it, it didn't have any animatronics when it started. It had movement in animated animals, but it was more like wagging ears yeah, and tails and yeah. moving your mouth I around. suppose they weren't, technically yeah. speaking, they weren't animal, animatronics. But, I mean, that being said, it still was sort of, for the time, an, an innovative attraction um, with the way they synchronized the sounds and uh, the, the the things you see with the things you hear. Um, so that that's something that, you know, when it first opened up was a big deal. And, um, and yeah, it... it it's interesting how they had to sort of get the, sh- what would you say, the shrubbery or, or whatever, the plant life for this attraction. <laughs> yeah, shrubbery. Yeah, well, vegetation, uh, yeah. Fo- uh, fo- foliage, yes. Yeah. Um, I almost said foliage, which is not that the, would, it's that not the right word. That would be the same. No, no, no. No, that, no that, that'd be something you'd see in Tomorrowland. Foliage. Yes. Just foil structures. Okay. So what were we saying? We were saying how they had to <laughs> gather the plant life for this, uh, for, I mean, for Adventureland in general, but I mean, really with the Jungle Cruise, especially, it, I mean, you go on that attraction and there's a ton of plant life surrounding you at all times, basically, because you're going through various rivers throughout the world. And, you know, they they did all sorts of things, with, you know, they were able to get some of the, the palms that were uh, removed during the construction of the Santa Ana freeway because Bill Evans like had connections with certain people. Uh, they were driving up to people's homes and removing their tree, you know, <laughs> not just removing them, yeah. but like asking if they could I buy think the they trees. actually, yeah, buy them. Yeah. 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 Purchase them. I think I, I, I hadn't read this recently, but I think I read in the past that they were, they put out an ad in the newspaper that if anyone wanted a tree removed from their yard, like they'd been wanting it removed, they didn't want to pay for it or they just hadn't gotten around to it, that they would come and remove it for free. Um, and then they would take it and put it in this area of uh, of the park, you know, in the in the 1954 range mm-hmm. to get this up and going. And they did other things like planting trees upside down to make them <clears throat> make trees that are more 
Well, specifically orange trees. Yeah. That were, I think, had reached, you know, basically the end. Mm. Uh, but their roots kind of resembled a mang- mangrove uh, tree. Yeah. That's interesting. I don't know if they kept those for very long because, you know, you, with landscaping, landscape architecture, in this, in this environment, you, you kind of change things out somewhat frequently. They, they did actually want to do a full, like, growth season for the, the, the foliage uh, so that it would, you know, be more full by the time the park opened. So they had to sort of get this thing going a little bit early prior to opening day. They didn't just put it all in like two weeks before. Well, yeah, and a year later things, I mean, you know, the plants grew to the point where, I mean, I'm not exactly sure what they had to do, but things started to be, it definitely started to grow out over the over the following 12 months to where it, it was more full of, like things were hidden that, I, I, well, there was like service equipment that was hidden, yeah. and so they had to use, you know, machetes, big knives, if you've never heard of them, uh, to get access to this equipment to service it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it's interesting that the only attraction at the time was in that area was Jungle Cruise. I, I still feel like Adventureland's sort of a place that people pass through to get somewhere else. I don't know how you... We'll get to that in just one second. I want to talk about... Uh, I think with... Yeah, two episodes ago on the Imagineering story, I, I talked about the when they were trying to create the environment for Animal Kingdom and specifically like the safari, uh, Kilimanjaro, Kilimanjaro safari ride, mm-hmm. uh, that Paul Comstock was sort of a, I guess he was mentored by Bill Evans. And so it's interesting to see that even decades later, they still, this, this process of doing research and creating environments is still happening in a similar way. I don't know if it could really ever change much. You know, you just do your research and acquire things and put it together. But still, it's kind of like an artistic thing because you could put any any assortment of things together. It's interesting. People passing through. I mean, certainly, I, I mean, Indiana Jones will suck in some people, but I do feel like, like in the mornings when we do rope drop, I mean, we're guilty, quote unquote, we're sort of we do this too where we pass through to get to some somewhere else either new orleans square or splash mountain or thunder mountain i feel like uh oftentimes adventureland sort of like a, a almost like a pathway just to to other lands well i mean it's interesting i mostly i walk through it in the morning you know mm-hmm. or coming back to leave the park or to go to a different land yeah. usually but in the morning it's a little bit quieter and it's sort of like the place is just like with the jungle cruise it's even that's mellow it's not really an intense attraction the same with the tiki room so things are sort of just resting there now indiana jones is is its own thing but even that is hidden from view so like you really have to go out of your way to even get into the line for it so it might be easy in the trees something you just walk in it's it's sort of i don't know it's quieter in a sense and uh, there's only one thrill attraction well, I also think that things are sort of, it, it, everything seems kind of walled off by trees and bushes and shrubs. And then even the shops are sort of like sunk. It almost feels like they're like, I don't know, you, you can't see into the shops that well. Not that you can see in the shops anywhere that well, but it, you, it almost feels like you're. it's a funnel. That land itself feels like a funnel to other places in some ways. Because nothing jumps out to you, like you said, with Indiana Jones. Like, you have to go into that area to get into the queue. Like, Mm -hmm. nothing jumps out like, hey, come over here and, you know, ride this ride. I mean, Tropical Hideaway is like, there's like a walkway to get there. You can't see into the restaurant, really. Plus, you know what? 
the music in the area is also sort of soothing. It's not it's not like an upbeat Main Street sound. Yeah, it's not exciting loop. necessarily. Yeah, because so, I was listening to some, some background music while I was doing some work. I think it was from the Tropical Hideaway Loop, and it's just, it's mellow. Yeah. And I think fine. that makes perfect sense because Adventureland, is, at this time when it first opened, was supposed to be more of like, yeah, you're going to have an adventure, you're going to see far off places and people and, and things, you know, artifacts that you could purchase. But it also had a vacation vibe to it, I think. So what do you want to do on vacation? Do you want to, you know, be excited the whole time or do you want to relax a little bit and have a... So I think, you know, it, it had its... I think it still retains some of that. You know, tropical getaway. Yeah. I'm going to go on a vacation to the whatever islands. Pick an island. Just pick an island, buddy. A lot of things have come and gone, too. Uh, it seems like... Like what? Well, it seemed like there was a lot of restaurants and, and areas to get drinks that have come and gone. Uh, and then there's the big game hunting shooting gallery. Uh, oh, well, let's see. What was that called? I have it here. Safari shooting gallery. <laughs> I think that was the proper name. Okay. Yes. Well, yeah, that, that, there's no way that would survive today that you could do something like that. I don't think, cause I think they were shooting like giraffes and well, yeah, that in the way that they went out and got trees from local people, they also went out and got real giraffes <laughs> and put them in there for people to actually hunt. Of course, I'm kidding. But I wonder why you think that they couldn't do something like oh, that. Oh, man. Because they have a shooting gallery in Frontierland. Yeah, but you're not shooting, you're not shooting animals like that. But There's hunting, no okay, African hunting is, is unusual in and today's climate. Upon. There's no way. That well, it, it's only frowned upon because of trophy hunting. And trophy hunting is different than hunting for actually using it or giving it to a local. I don't think that's true. Accept, no one would accept somebody shooting. Um, shoot, we don't need to get into it, but I don't think anyone would accept shooting a giraffe. I mean, not anyone, but it would be very much uh, looked down upon if you, you... You know why? Lack of education. As someone who's hunted, I know that proper hunting isn't actually fairly ethical. So, uh, yeah, maybe you're right. It couldn't exist really today. But I think it, it was a cool idea to imagine yourself as a big game hunter. I mean, this would have been, who was doing this kind of stuff? Was Teddy Roosevelt doing hunting excursions like this? Yeah, I mean, not to Africa that I know of. But but still, like, More it was the, in the, the Dakotas. It was in the American psyche, sort mm, of, yeah. to have an adventure like that. Yeah. So I think it would have been cool in that time when it was more like, man, this could be really cool to go to a different country I've never been to because, you know, the world wasn't as accessible to so many people as it is now. Yeah, even if you can't physically travel somewhere yeah. like Africa today, you could watch a documentary or uh, look but at even, photos. But even flying to another country is so much safer That's and true. easier now. And That's true. And even with hunting, it's easier to do it legally, I think. I don't know. It's probably more expensive, but that's not really the point. Yeah, this is... Uh, so I, I think it was appropriate in its time, and you're probably right now. It's not It's not a part of, like, a, an imaginary dream vacation. Yeah. It's, it's in some exotic place. Yeah. Not for many. So now they have... I mean, you know... Like we said, with Jungle Cruise evolving, and maybe we can talk about that over time. They've all they also introduced uh, the Tiki Room, which is a favorite. I, I, what's interesting about this land is a lot of the attractions. I don't know. I don't feel like this land is one that people talk about often, but everything in there is pretty popular. So you've got the Tiki Room, you've got the Jungle Cruise, and you have Indiana Jones. 
uh, all well, the things. I think that's true of Disneyland in general. They've I, I heard somebody say they've got the greatest hits. That's a way of thinking about it. I think they do. And there's not a lot of fluff in there, especially Adventureland because it is so small and they're not getting more space. Yeah. So they open up the Tiki Room. At one point, it was going to be a restaurant, which this is something that's been talked about ad nauseum at this point. Um, you hear it on the Imagineering story. You've heard it other places, maybe read it in books. But they were going to... Well, I didn't I didn't remember that information, so I'm sure, I'm sure Pony people don't remember or uh, know. Okay. Well, it yeah. was going to be a restaurant, um, and it was sort of presented to Walt as a restaurant where birds would be up in the, you know, above you in cages and you know, chirping and well, things. We know the layout of, of the inside of, of uh, Tiki Room now where you have like the four sections, yeah. you know, radi- radiating out from the center where the show happens. So the idea that I read was that those, like I guess like branches were going to be uh, where the seating was and the show would happen in the middle. But then I think you are going to address the the major concern that Walt said or somebody said. Well, I saw, yeah, and I saw concept art for it once upon a time. I can't remember where exactly, but some of the cages were above tables and things. Uh, and basically Walt says that you can't, you can't have real birds in a restaurant because they would poop in the food is the point. And uh, obviously that's a concern. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then that kind of sprouted the idea of using animatronic birds that would sing and, and uh, they, they obviously wouldn't be real. And well, it was sort of creating something out of necessity. Yeah. Especially with the experience at Jungle Cruise where, you know, the effects that they had were not great. They had to rebuild them, the animals, with different materials so that they could last longer because, you know, they were exposed to sunlight, moisture uh, for, you know, all the time. So they just deteriorated and the effects themselves were sort of becoming outdated quickly. Uh, but then audio animatronics put everything that they were trying to do which was sort of separated out into different components and, and synced up like in a silly symphony. Uh, they had to, they had put it all together in at least the movement and well, I guess the sound was a little bit separate, but it could be programmed specifically to the music in one of these birds in, in the Tiki Room. So they make it a show and then they kind of scrap the, they scrap the dinner element and the re, or the, the meal, the whatever, the dinner show or the the part of eating with it and it became just a show and uh because it was so intricate that they didn't think anyone would want to leave so they had to make it so it was a regimented show people would come in at 17 minutes three times every hour was i think how it is was originally i don't know what it's like now um but originally when this opened the tiki room and you know in the early days of disneyland things required tickets you know uh attractions required tickets and the tiki room didn't require tickets necessarily not not like the other attractions it was a different ticket that you bought sort of at the entrance of Adventureland, and it would be 75 cents for an adult and 50 cents for a child for a ticket to get into the the tiki room which i thought was interesting um yeah they well they had a through e tickets for for the park and you, you feel like one of those could you know you know accommodate and this this attraction i don't know why it couldn't fit in there but uh, they wanted to make it. Se- I don't remember how much they cost. They must have wanted to make it more expensive and a separate. And the only way to do that was make it a separate thing, I guess. I don't know, but yeah, that, that's. It's just interesting in general to me that they used to have tickets. Um, and uh, Jungle Cruise was one of those like showstopper, quote unquote, attractions at the time that had an expensive ticket, the e-ticket attraction. Um, something interesting, and you know, the Tiki Room. It, 
I, I think it's largely intact from what it was. I mean, I don't know what the song, I, I think the song's the same, and, you know, the Sherman Brothers doing that music, that stayed the same. I don't know if anything's really changed over the years. I know they, they've they changed the theming over of it once or twice. I think they brought, like, Zazu and Iago in uh, temporarily uh, not long ago, and that was not received well. So it's that's since changed back, as you can imagine. Um, yeah. That's not great. But the uh, it's funny because in one of the books that we read for this, there's that effect that they do with the rain, and I can't remember the material that they use for it. They said mylar. Yes, mylar. Um, and what's funny about that is that works pretty well. If you've been in there, um, it'll definitely trick little children. And when they went to make the Tiki Room in Walt Disney World, they tried they attempted to use real water, and it didn't look it didn't look as real as the Mylar did. So they, yeah. they re- reverted back. And, you know, it had been a decade plus since they, since that had been, the Tiki Room had been put into Disneyland and they still, they couldn't make it look better than they made it look. What would you say is, what would you say is the, the, the aspect of the Enchanted Tiki Room that really keeps it together and, and it's persisted for so long? What do you think keeps it, I guess in the the hearts and minds of people, you know, they keep coming back to it, us included. Yeah, I think the music is part of it. Um, I think I think if having a good song helps helps it stick around. I don't know. I mean, well, I think you nailed it. I think it's the music. Yeah, ha- I mean, but it, it is a whole package, yeah, which I think whole, you were getting at. It, yeah. Well, the animatronics are well done, uh, I, I, even today, even by today's standards. I mean, there's a lot of clicking going on, but. Um, that's it's good not, enough. Yeah. You know? Well, and they breathe, you know, and yeah. I think we've talked before about how if you watch the birds that aren't being focused on at that time, they're still doing things. Mm-hmm. So it has a level of just enough realism so you can suspend disbelief. Uh, and if you can suspend disbelief for a few moments with adults in the room with a bunch of t- talking and singing, like literally singing birds, not like chirping, singing, actual lyrical singing if you can suspend disbelief for that i think that's something people want i think that's why people go to disneyland is for suspension of disbelief to a certain extent and then um and yeah to have a good time and i think that the tiki room sort of uh embodies that in a lot of ways at least these days there's a a big there's like a big subculture you know where people love tiki stuff i have a friend who uh i used to work with her her boyfriend is really into tiki stuff and that happens to coincide with, you know, Trader Sam specifically over in, in downtown, well, at the Disneyland Hotel. But, like, they do other stuff that's tiki. Yeah. But apparently around, well, they said in, in this book that we have, that Disneyland book, that there was, like, mm-hmm. a post-war, I think it was tropical or maybe even the word tiki was was used, like, interest that people were, like, really interested in all of a sudden. There was, like, a boom in, in uh, maybe, like, products tiki were... Boom. Everyone yeah. knows about that, Thomas. The, oh, the, the TB, big, the, yeah. The big, yeah, the Tiki Boo of 1963. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what year, and I also made it up, so yeah. go on. Well, no, but that's about it. I mean, the, the people were interested in this thing, and now Tiki is such an interesting concept to so many people. Uh, we know people who just love to go to Trader Sam's for the exotic drinks. I mean, they look exotic. I don't know how exotic they actually are. Well, they have exotic, I mean, it's a theme. It's right? fun. Yeah. It is, it's fun. There's nothing else to say about it. It's fun. And it's so fun. It's just fun. That's five funs, which makes six. Now let's carry on. And 
the tiki room is made i mean the, the tropical hideaway sort of takes its theme from the tiki room i think in a way um it has that sort of vibe and then it's got rosita in the you know on one end where yeah. she's talking and saying things and then they have dole whips there of course as well what are you what are your thoughts of dole whip? <laughs> <laughs> uh, i could take it or leave it i like you know what i would actually would never leave it in terms of like getting it rid of out of the park you like that it exists yeah i like you the don't option feel like you need one i like the option I, i've been i've been turned away from it on like my own my own motivation to go there has been sort of dampened in the past by the uh popularity of the lines so that's kind of changed a little bit with tropical hideaway you have different options now and different um, flavors that's the big thing uh, yeah. for me yeah. Is the raspberry swirl one is that that changes it a little bit because I could take or leave a regular Dole Whip, but I do like the the addition of a different flavor of soft serve in there helps for me. Now I don't know if I've ever done a Dole, a Dole Whip and then watched the show Tiki Room at the same time. That's something you should do. I've done that a couple times. Yeah, I want to do that. That's like one of those things, you know, write a passage thing. Yeah. Well, yeah, or like a bucket list thing, you know. People say you should do it, so you do it. I don't know if it's a bucket list thing because it's so easily done. <laughs> it's like it... Not in the old days when those lines were four miles long. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> four miles. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it's Tiki Room. I don't know. There's a lot. We can talk later about what our favorite things are about the land today, but that's definitely up there for me. And, um, and yeah, so I don't know. It, it, you know, Jungle Cruise, we talked about that changing over time and um actually about the t- when did when did tiki room open do you have that uh, it was 1963 yeah so shortly after that is when the jungle crew started to become more light-hearted or more of a humorous interaction well, yeah a couple things changed on the jungle cruise and i feel like you have a lot of information about the you know the change from enter- educational to you know entertaining or like a witty skipper and something but, i'm interested in i would yeah. say okay well anyway uh Around that same time when, when that was introduced, the animatronics used in in the Tiki Room and then in the World's Fair were implemented into the attraction along with a change in tone of what the attraction was going to be. And do you remember do you remember why the change in tone happened? What what happened with Walt? Tell me. Well, he was just around he was standing outside the attraction one one day and he heard a guest say something to the effect of, "Well, I don't need to go on this ride again. I've already I've already mm, been on." Yeah. And so he went over to uh you know, Walt was probably a little upset, you know. He's a human. Uh he was a human, and he went to Mark Davis and said, "What what can we do about this essentially?" And then it was go on from there. Mark created Well, and Mark Davis is I mean, that's his kind of his thing is to uh, gags, I guess, is is something that he. It was an interest of his for sure. Yeah, I mean he he participated heavily in um, in pirates and that's sort of a big thing in pirates. And then the more you know, uh, lighthearted portions of haunted mansion are more or less his response. His uh, are a product of his yeah. creation. And even those came later. Yeah. So. You know, he's that's kind of his claim to fame, or that that's his signature thing is is gags. So. And so, an example of it in in the uh, Jungle Cruise is the elephant bathing scene. Mm-hmm. One one thing is having uh, you know like a baby elephant act and behave like a puppy. You know, yes, because I think he was saying I, I read that Mark was saying that you know he wanted to create uh, characters that you could actually feel for, not not just look at like what it might have been before, but there's some personality in there. 
when we see those in the animated films, especially, I think that's come even further today. But and maybe and that's sort of his background, right? So I mean, he he gets、yeah. that that in order to, I mean, you can you know people feel for puppies and they feel for animals, but it takes it to a different level when you give those animals a humanistic qualities. And that's what you see a lot of in the Jungle Cruise,、uh, with the elephants in particular, and then,、um, and and yeah, I, and then you. But feeling doesn't have to be heartfelt; it could be fear too. Yeah, for sure.、Um, for sure. And then there's the the what are they? The lost safari. You know, the safari that's climbing up the yeah those guys. And then yeah, the, and the, the rhinos. Rhino. I forget the joke that they say. That well, I, I think they finally the, got the point. Yeah,、um, that's it. Because、yeah. they say. Basically, the safari person will say how they're they were they warned them of something, and then they say, "I think they're finally getting the point." Or yeah, there's a, there's a number of things they say. You you'll hear a lot of the same jokes、um, on there, but it's all about delivery, really.、Um, and, and that's what it is with the、uh, Walt's concern about well, these people aren't coming back. One thing that will keep people coming back is a that there's so many people. I'm sorry,、uh, animals that you aren't going to see them all every time,、yeah. and the jokes. Are going to probably be a little bit different because the skippers have some some free reign to make changes at least these days, and、uh, because it's funny and you can't remember every joke, I I just forgot you know the joke about the the rhino and and I think you got the point. So you have people coming back in that way as well. Yeah, and sometimes and we've talked about this at nauseum, but you can get a really good skipper who actually makes his own he or she I suppose makes their own jokes,、um, things that they've. Come up with over the years that work.、Uh, so there's some there, like you said, there's some、uh, personalization in there、mm-hmm. that makes it an intriguing ride、um, every time you go on it. Because sometimes, you, and and I'm guilty of like <laughs> looking at looking at the skipper like that we're gonna get like trying to figure out which boat we're gonna get on and being like,、ah, that person doesn't look like they're that funny. I yeah, I try to imagine is that person funny. I've I've been burned before, so I'm not like where I've been like- wrong. I don't know. You try to watch their mannerisms when they're interacting with their coworkers. Yes, and their their body language. You know, you know. Yeah, but a- sometimes they just they'll they'll have a certain type of body language, and then you're like,、oh, they don't look funny. But then that's kind of part of their humor. I feel like those are the ones that like don't do anything, and you're looking at them, and they're just sort of standing still,、mm-hmm. and then they sort of almost erupt with at least with good、uh, comedic delivery and timing on the on the Jungle Cruise as a skipper, even when they're bad. It's kind of good because it's like, oh, this is bad, but almost so bad that it's good. So it's it.、Yeah. Either way, it kind of works. Yeah. And then a big e-ticket attraction, even e-ticket by today's standards, Indiana Jones, one of the great、uh, Imagineering feats in the last what what thirty years or so. Yeah, I we did a whole episode on this attraction, but it's. It, it definitely, like I said, in the mornings, like you could get right on Jungle Cruise if you wanted to first thing in the morning. But this one, as you're kind of walking by, if you're using Adventureland to get to you know a different part of the park, Indiana Jones will definitely suck a lot of people into it. So it's very, very popular and for good reason.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. We did do a whole episode on yeah, it. Yeah, we don't have to dive too、um, much into it. But well, if you want our thoughts I mean, on Indiana Jones, well, it really improved、it. Adventureland. Oh t- my god! In terms god. of like, I mean, I I can imagine we were three or whatever when it opened, but yeah, I can imagine just, just reasons to go there. That's a big one, and they were able to do it without without 
well, no, I mean, they wouldn't have ever taken up more space out in like the walkway area, mm-hmm. but they were able to take advantage of some existing space backstage a little bit to build it. And I think the, the attraction itself actually has a good story. Which we and, talk about a lot yeah. in episode 33. Yeah. I just wanted to get that number for everyone. Anyone who wants to hear that episode 33 is a good one where we talk a lot about Indiana Jones and the making of it and the story and what we love about it, Tony Baxter and all that. So if you're interested, you can go check that out. Uh, and then even, I think even Tarzan's Treehouse. I think that that's fun to do once a trip. I even did that with Michaela when it was just she and I last time we went. It's, I, you know, I take Peyton a lot. Gosh, when we go, that's all Peyton wants to do half the time. She'll say, can we go on the treehouse ride? I think part of it, there's no line. You just get right on. She's grown quite a bit since then. I wonder what her interest will be now. But what's fun about it, if for no other reason than what's actually on it, is you can get an elevated view over Disneyland. Yes. That's pretty cool. See the Matterhorn pretty well through it at one point. Yeah. Um, yeah, and there's interactive elements that are good for children. And then when you get to the bottom, there's even more. I mean, there's like a playground area down there. Yeah, with uh, musical instruments. Yeah, some of them pots and pans. Others actually, like a xylophone, I think, is down there. Yes. Yeah, it's, and so it's pretty cool. And it's well shaded. And it has That's the... That's a good point. Near the exit is the only place I've ever seen a character, which is Moana. I think Moana's the only one I've ever seen there. I Well, I have met... I have met uh, Aladdin and the genie actually oh, right, by right. the oasis once upon a time. Doesn't doesn't that seem that that, that the Aladdin's oasis doesn't that seem out of place for Adventureland a little when you think about it because it's more of a desert place. Yeah, I mean, I don't. <laughs> it I'm is the oasis from, portion, you know, of the yeah. film where there's greenery. But I think it's a classic example of them trying to get IP into the parks, and it kind of fit. It kind of didn't, but no one was going to question it, and everyone loves Aladdin. And what they had before was the Tahitian Terrace, which which first came up in, I think, 1962. Mm. And then, so 1993 is when Aladdin's Oasis came in. So that's over 30 years, 31. That it existed. Yeah, well, that's right, yeah. I I really would have liked to have, have gone to the Tahitian Terrace because it's one of those things now that's sort of like, a, I, I imagine that at least the old timers, you know, people who've been going since it existed, they look back and say that was that was a fun thing that I cherish now as a memory. You know what they never do is they never get rid of something and then bring it an old old thing back. Like the tropical hideaway feels sort of like a, a bit of a throwback. Like they were trying to do something to, similar to what once was there, but it definitely they don't just say we're gonna you know this is Aladdin's oasis, but we're gonna bring back the Tahitian Terrace. We're gonna bring it back. They never do that. Yeah, it'd be kind of cool if they did. Well, it'd be difficult, and the reason would be the things that they created for the shows that they would do on the Tahitian Terrace. They changed, yeah. They, yes, changed they, they built, in the way that the Swiss Family Treehouse now, Tarzan's Treehouse, or Tarzan Treehouse, whatever it's called, is is an artificial structure. They had one uh, at the Tahitian Terrace uh, patio, I guess you'd call it, the dining area. And they also had like a, a small, like... Uh, like a cave sort of where the waterfall over it, where the, it was parted. The waterfall was parted. So mm-hmm. it would go down sort of on the sides of this cave where the performers would, they would come out onto this small little rock stage like thing and uh, perform shows. Oh, what were they called? Um, I'll find the Oh, the Royal Tahitians. Ah, yes. And uh, so that, I, I bet that that just ran its course. Cause how many times can you really enjoy that kind of performance you know what i mean well they're always changing things and yeah. that's okay and actually i think that's good i just think some i i'm i just 
I guess it's sort of an idea like, you know, sometimes when these things go, leave the parks, you think, oh, well, that's, I mean, that's an outdated idea. So I understand why that's no longer there. But something like the Tahitian Terrace, I think, could return. Um, but if they're just, you know, they don't, they want these things to last decades potentially like they expect the tropical hideaway to be there for decades they don't yeah they don't want to make an investment in something that's going to be around for five years you you, you know how i like to get those sort of hawaiian style shirts usually with attraction information on them yeah so i have one that's a pirates of the caribbean it's got graphics of the different some different elements from the ride characters and whatnot yep i bought a couple at d23 one haunted mansion and one adventureland themed and it was uh on the Adventureland one, they actually paid homage to Tahitian Terrace. Oh, okay. So that's where I, I think that's where I really... St- I started to wonder when I bought the shirt whether Tahitian Terrace was in Disneyland or it was a Disney World thing because I had heard it in the like Disney history community, but never in specific reference to an actual location geographically. It was always just a place that was referenced. Again, fondly, as I was alluding to before. Another very popular restaurant there is the Bengal Barbecue, which we've done once, or I've done once. I don't know how many times you've done it. Just the once? I think just once, yeah. It was a nightmare uh, because of the time of day well, we did that it. that day, yeah. Yeah. So we haven't done it since, but everyone loves it. We should probably give it another try. And what we should do is give it a try with mobile order because... Even that day, even the mobile order line was backed up. Well, and people, I, they got my food wrong, which I think they were just very backed up and having a hard time. Um, so it's no problem, but... Or they didn't get my food wrong, they just it disappeared <laughs> off the face of the earth. Like, uh, oh, yeah. That was what it was, yeah. It's just, it was a crazy day, but we should give it another shot, because I liked what I got, and I would like to try it again, because other people speak highly of it, so... Mm-hmm. What else is in this land? I like the shop. It's a unique shop. It does have a unique shop. Yeah, I'm trying to remember because I said earlier that there was a lot of things coming and going, and it was mostly shops and small, you know, restaurant-type places. Uh, but I can't remember now if it is just the bazaar that's the whole shop because it is kind of a continuous walk-through experience, but there are different – there's different items or sets of items in – like segments of the shop like you can have a lot of stuffed animal safari type stuff at the very beginning mm-hmm. you know across from a tiki room and then as you go further down there's like there used to be like surf like there is uh, a outlook. outlook is it outlook i don't so, i don't know something like that it, oh it you does, mean as a name of the shop yeah, the brand no the brand oh, oh yeah i think well think like quicksilver that kind of stuff uh, they have Hawaiian shirts they have with that, Mickey on it. have that, but it's not its own it. shop. It's, it, it's just like a well, My, my a point is the, the difference in the yeah, actual merchandise. Mm-hmm. Might, they might refer to it as something different. But yes, those are nice. I like that. I think now that they have more IP in the parks, there's less of actual, like really cool, exotic looking stuff you could take home with you. Um, I'm not certain of that, but I, I, it's almost certainly true because there's way more IP now that they reference and sell items for in the, in the shop. I'm pretty sure I made the brand Outlook up, by the way. So well, it's an email service. Yeah, but it's also it's I can see the I can see like the brand in my mind's eye, but I can't name it. So, but that's neither here nor there. The point is, is that I think it is at least since they've gotten rid of sort of the like they've made the seating area for Bangle Barbecue inside, like the unofficial seating area. Right. I think it is all just kind of one shop now, from what I remember. Yeah, yeah, probably. It's re- they're reducing the shop. Yeah, space. But I enjoy the shop, and you can like go in. It's like really accessible too. 
from like multiple angles because it, it's kind of just open, mm-hmm. you know. Where do you think that this Adventureland ranks with Adventureland at, uh, at Disney World? It's, 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 hmm. I, I want to say it's bo- like below standard. Like if, I think ours is, I think Disneyland's is much better. You think it's much better? Uh, why don't you explain? I like it a lot better. I don't know. I like, I just don't think, like it has, for, well, part of it is that their Pirates of the Caribbean is an Adventureland and I'm just not a huge fan of, of Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, they don't, so, I mean, they don't have Indiana Jones there. They have a treehouse. I actually do like their treehouse a lot. I think it. I think I like theirs better because it has better views, and I think it might even be. No, I don't know what. It, I, I was going to say it might be bigger or like a longer trek. I can't say that for sure. It also doesn't have that intimate feel that we like so much. That's true. And they have the magic carpet ride there, which just is whatever. We did have a really good time on that, though. I will say, but it, but almost that ride gives it more of a. I don't know that ride itself, and it's kind of right in the center of the land gives it this sort of almost I don't know I find I find Fantasyland has a a kind of a carnival feel to it right do you do you know what I'm saying like it's got in, Dumbo in Florida yeah why well, I, I think even in 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 uh Disneyland it's got you know it's got the merry-go-round it's got the to uh, me the merry-go-round is is maybe Dumbo but like those Dumbo. are the only well that's what I'm saying it's got but I don't know that fits more in Fantasyland to me whereas in Adventureland that takes me out of it a little bit, having those types of attractions there. I don't know if that makes any sense, but walking in and seeing like a mechanical thing like that, it doesn't feel as much like a jungle atmosphere. Maybe when you go on an attraction, it does. But when I when I walk into Adventureland, the jungle in Disneyland, the jungle atmosphere is definitely present because like we said, it's kind of walled off by trees and, and there's like these shops off to the side. But I'm not I, sure I agree with you. I, one thing that I don't like about the uh, Adventureland in Florida is the Jungle Cruise is sort of off to the side. It's you cut have to go down, down under like, number of steps to get get to it. Uh, so I oftentimes don't even really think about it when I'm walking through. I know it's there, but I don't really think about it. You can't miss Jungle Cruise. It's, I mean, I guess you can. They, certainly, the wait time postage they have outside is small and often difficult to find <laughs> yeah. in Disneyland. But, well, I always know where it is, but yeah, if I'm wa- like if I'm walking by and like turning my head to see what the time is, yeah. it's like it could be ten, it could be twenty. I'm not exactly sure, yeah. and I'll just keep walking. <laughs> it's yeah. like, well, if it's ten, I'll go on. If it's twenty, I won't, and I don't feel like stopping, so I'm gonna keep because that land, the the energy in that land, depend no matter which way you're moving, it's very kinetic. Like it, it, it feels like if you stop, you're gonna be, you're gonna get run into. That's one thing about Adventureland and Disneyland. It's like you're walking, depending on the time of day. If it's certainly if it's between like one o'clock and five, you feel like you can't really stop your momentum. So oftentimes when I'm walking by the Jungle Cruise and trying to see what the time posted is, whether it's ten minutes or twenty or whatever, I, if I miss it, I just keep going right on past yeah, it. Yeah, definitely. I don't know how I. It's interesting because Adventureland and, and, and Walt Disney World has pirates, which is. It could be, you know, it's an island-centric thing, the story, but also it's an adventure. Aladdin, they has Aladdin too, which I brought up before is mostly like in the in the desert in the Middle East, with a little bit of a nod towards you know palm trees in the oasis that they have in the film. Hmm. So that's two things that are sort of, I mean, given that Pirates of the Caribbean is in New Orleans Square and Disneyland, it's like it's on the periphery of fitting into the Adventureland theme. 
yes. to me. Although it does fit. It's just, it's sort it, of. It, I guess the theme, maybe the theme is for their adventure land slightly different than ours. Maybe it's having an adventure rather than going to the jungle specifically or going to a jungle could be. atmosphere. I would say that Disneyland's, there's, there's nothing missing and I don't think you need to put anything in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, now that they have Tropical Hideaway, I would have said a restaurant that, I still think a sit-down restaurant where you can order food is something that would be good. But they'd have to get rid of Tropical Hideaway or Bangle Bar- Barbecue. I don't think Bangle Barbecue would have enough space. That's right, yeah. So maybe they lack that, but like I don't think they have... What's Jungle Skipper Canteen in Florida? Is that a, is that a sit-down restaurant? Mm-hmm. Okay, so they have one of those. That's a step in its favor, point in its favor. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I just think, and I will say the thing about Disneyland is there's no wasted space. It doesn't, I mean, everything is used up. Yeah. And not in a bad way. Not like in a way where it's like, oh my God, it's so cramped in here and all this stuff is just jammed in. No, it feels like they've not only used all available space, but they've made the most of it. Mm-hmm. And, that, and I think every square inch is accounted for in, in a really good way. I will say that Jungle, I, I, either Jungle Cruise, I like both of them. I think they're both really good. Uh, the one in Florida and the one in Disneyland. I don't. I don't think I prefer one over the other. Really, they're just different to me. I actually can't remember the one in in mm. Walt Disney World. I remember it well enough to know that I appreciate both. Yeah, I was just curious. What about the? Uh, what do you think the quality of the bathroom situation in Adventureland is? <laughs> well, oh, they've only got one, right? Yes. Well, yeah. And that one always stinks. Sub-part. I think they've got like sewage or something, septic tank, something below. That, like, it's also the fact that the... it it's it sort of open, like it's it's not very deep into the land, so it kind of attracts a lot of people. So there's often people waiting outside. And Well, yeah. now, now, wait a minute. There is a pretty good bathroom over at the Tiki Room. Oh. It's up to you to find it. Yeah, don't tell people about I've that. already That's told them secret. in the past, but they'll have to find the episode. Just start from episode one. <laughs> <laughs> Work your way up. You'll eventually hear it. Just listen very carefully. Maybe yeah. slow it down a yeah. little bit. So th- there are more than one bathroom, but the the big one, yeah, the, is the not one that the best. People. No, not the best. But I mean, honestly, it's also not that bad. So, I mean, what what do you expect? Does it all work? Yeah. Is it relatively clean? Yeah. It's yeah. just kind of crowded. Yeah, it's not that bad. I was just, I was just, yeah. It's not. If we should do a bathrooms episode, I, I've thought about this, or like multiple things, like best place to find blank. Ooh, okay. Um, and bathrooms could be part of that because I would not put those bathrooms anywhere near the top of that list. No, no. Yeah. What else? What else about Adventureland today? We've kind of covered a lot of it because, like we said, it's smaller. Well, I don't know. I mean, we did cover most of it. I think we've spoken about that Bengal Barbecue should be out of there and in its place should be another restaurant by the name of. It's a secret. Oh, not that one. Oh, wait. Oh, well, Mudka's Mud Meat, Meat Hut. Yeah. That's no secret. Yeah. We've shared that many times. I actually forgot about the original, <laughs> the secret one. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. but that one wouldn't be a restaurant. Mudka's Meat Hut. People love bar- Bengal barbecue so much, it's probably heresy to say that it should be changed to Look, Mudka's you don't Meat have to change much about the menu. Yeah. Just change the name and the decor and, you know, sit down restaurant. No big deal. I... I, they could change Tropical Hideaway to Mugga's Mita, maybe. But that'd be so strange. It's just open. When was it, last year? Two oh, years? I'm just saying, yeah. No, no. yeah maybe in 30 should. years. Maybe in 30 years. Yeah, well, I mean, at that point, um, as you well know, Emperor's New Groove will be catching a well, new wave it's, of Well, the thing popularity. is, it's, sort of, it's already on a wave right now, isn't it? I feel like it is, or maybe it's coming down off of one. 
I don't know. People love it. We're on the wave. Yeah. But we we grew up with it, though. So that's not a wave. It just started for us as something that was fun. Yeah, people, it's definitely going to be one of those that grows a cult following over the years, like uh, Nightmare, Goofy movie. Nightmare Before Christmas, Those, all those. Yeah, those ones that weren't as popular when they came out. but Are all actually very good movies for what they are. Yeah. Because you wouldn't call Emperor's New Groove a good movie in terms of, you know, relation to Pinocchio or it's not okay, like a great but story. But like, what's better, a Goofy movie or Brave? Which one would you rather watch? Uh, goofy you can i mean you well, can i mean i don't know brave isn't that good see the thing is i watched brave one time the first time and i was sick and sometimes when you watch something sick it's more enjoyable because it's it's like it's comforting interesting and uh then i watched it again uh i think last month or two months ago and boy it was not as entertaining but i also wasn't very sick so that's how that goes yeah goofy movie is good i i think i watched it one and a half times before our episode a few weeks back because it is good the music's good acting's good well voice acting is good good enough yeah what do you expect but those 90s movies man yeah they're all home runs it seems like every time i mean even like we're getting on a tangent but even like i i watch um hunchback and there's parts of that i really really enjoy some people just it, like the ending yeah when it when the credits roll I'm like, yeah. oh my gosh yeah, no, I mean, no, they could have done a better job. No, but like the, the music and, and things like that. Uh, those, That's one I might have only seen a handful of times in my entire life. It definitely has some things that you can take away that are very good. Oh, and some okay. things that aren't, but that's okay. Not everything can be uh, Lion King. Okay, um, but yeah, so back to... <laughs> Lion King? There's nothing of Lion King in the land other than like a Simba plush. We've talked about this, though. I, I don't... Oh, right, what would, I, you, what would you do? What would you yeah. do? I don't need it. Like... Also, I think the Lion King kind of speaks for itself. Like, it's like, you don't need to add stuff for the Lion King. And, uh... Well, it's interesting because probably the only thing you could do is some version of a show, and that's what they do in Florida, but it's not even in Adventureland. Yeah. It's in Animal Kingdom. Which makes sense. certainly no space for that. You know what? There's no space for anything in Adventureland. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Where would you put it? You have to go, you have to elevate. You have to go up. I was going to say go down. You go underground. Oh, well, if you could do that, that would be more fun. Like going down through a cave almost. Some people might not like it. It wouldn't be good for traffic, I'll tell you that. It might be, though. No. You go down. I mean, traffic in and in the tunnel. Well, it depends like on how, how wide the tunnel is. It has to be as wide and or wider. And where's the opening? I mean, maybe the tunnel opens at Critter Country. <laughs> you exit out of Pirates, the Blue Bayou, right into the tunnel. That doesn't work. I forgot that the exit actually is onto New Orleans Square, like the, the street. That would not yeah, work. suggested. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Thomas. Parting thoughts. Uh, well, I just want to go back to the Sherman Brothers real quick. Yeah. They, this song, they created as a way to explain what the heck this attraction even was at the Tiki Room. I, I mean, we didn't talk about that, but that's what they did. Walt, you know, said, you guys could, you you do it. That's what he said. He, well, he, said showed, like that. he showed them all this, you know, what, what it was. And, and they asked him at the end, it's great, but what is it? And he's like, that's what you're going to tell us or something. <laughs> that's what we need you to tell us, basically. That was what happened in the end was that the song explained what it was. Yeah. And then there was the other song in it. What's it called? Let's all sing like the birdies yeah. sing. Yeah. I like that song. Yeah. No, it's. And I often forget about it. I also like the part after that where there's sort of the tribal singing the dun 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 dun, dun and then I don't know what the, the yeah. words are saying, but that part is my favorite part of the show. 
Yeah, but the the song, and I asked you the question earlier, what do you think stands out? Is like, what keeps people coming back? I think it's music number one above all oh, else. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's but number one. The tiki theme isn't the tiki theme that we talked about becoming popular around mid-century, mm. mid-20th century. The tiki boom, yeah. Yeah, the TB. That was something that also contributed to people coming back, and it remains today. I mean, people love island stuff. Island culture. I mean, heck, I love the Hawaiian-style shirts. I just wear them because, you know, they're fun. And They're what else fun. was it about the uh, the little pre-show out on the, the like the patio area? There's like a garden with the yeah. The know, gods get... will give you all their little spiel. That um, was themed by Rolly Crump, who wrote a book about it. About oh, he did? the yeah, he read. I forget the name of the book. Uh, forgive me, but he read a book about sort of that those that mythology and uh, created the the gods were inspired by that. Now they had to be adjusted because they might not have been all family friendly. Um, like what the gods did, um, at least not to the, in today's culture, but uh, that's where the idea came from. And that's a fun part of the cue that is underestimated, and, and the next time I go back, I want to sort of pay a little bit more attention to. And oftentimes it's kind of crowded with some people, especially those in line for the Dole Whip, but then people waiting for the Tiki Room. Like So it, it's great if you can sit down and enjoy the little performance that happens. but That's rare, to be able to do that unless you show up right as a show goes in. Well, I remember a time when I think it was only enough space for Peyton and either her mother or mm. maybe me at a time or you. Yeah. But not for all like five uh, of us. A five a five person party it's no. gonna be tough. Yeah. But it still it was fun and very fun to witness. And a great a great preamble to what was coming in the show. I think I love Indiana Jones, but I think between I think either the Tiki Room or the Jungle Cruise are my favorite part of that land and i can't decide which but i one of those two is i just love those two i was almost going to ask you which one could you get rid of over the other like not you personally but well jungle cruise occupies so much space that to get rid of it you'd have to really put something great. i really don't think you could get rid of it unless you replace like you said you have to really re- and what would you replace it with i i mean you, you could really open it up if you had all that space though restaurants but if you got rid of the tiki room yeah. okay why are we talking about this but if you got rid of the tiki room you could expand it to the Tropical Highway, and you could make a good restaurant there. You could expand what to the Tropical Highway? The Tiki Room. Well, you said if you got rid of the Tiki Room, mm-hmm. you could expand the Tiki Room? Well, How does that the work? area in which it occupies at this time. So, so what are we expanding if we get rid of the Tiki Room? What's the expansion that's happening? You're, connect, you're sort of connecting that area with the area of the Tropical Hideaway, which sort of sits directly behind the Tiki Room. So expanding the Tropical Hideaway. I suppose. But that area, just you connect it and you can make it You up. know what? The Tiki Room, I think even the Tropical Hideaway, certainly back when it was Tahitian Terrace and the Jolly Holiday as we know it now, that's all one building. Certainly the Tiki Room and Jolly Holiday, that's all, that's one structure. So... Well, the point, yeah. none of it's going anywhere. That one would, I mean, that's not going to get, you know what? You're right. They're not going anywhere because of structural. Well, also, Tiki Room is maybe, uh, I, I do know people who won't do the Tiki Room. I, I know, uh, and I don't know if Jessica's listening. Um, I, I mean, take this in the spirit of which it's intended, but it's a very odd situation. She's afraid of birds and she will not, it's an old friend uh, from a, a former job and she, uh, she will not go in it because she's afraid of uh, of birds. Wow! Does she not go on the? <laughs> does she not go on the? Um, By the way, she's the a train? great. She's she is a great person. If she's listening, um, hello. I was going to say many people I know who don't like birds are horrible people. 
No, but on the uh, train ride, there's the diorama with the dinosaurs. There's pterodactyls in there, I'm pretty sure. Well, how did she handle that? I think it's that? the feathers that's scary. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know what it is. But there's actually, uh, there actually an encounter. Well, she's afraid of birds, and she thusly she won't go in the tiki room. Interesting. Well, that's interesting. It is interesting. Now... You also could get... She's just missing out. It's a shame. You might be able to get rid of Indiana Jones over Jungle Cruise or Enchanted oh, Tiki Room. Oh, yes. I think Indiana Jones is the most dispensable attraction in that land. Isn't that, isn't that fascinating? It is. That is true. That. Maybe it speaks to original versus IP. A little. Well, and also I just think it's... it Like, the other two have been around so long. It's like they're, they're, they clearly have staying power. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They are part of the greatest hits of Disneyland. Yes. Okay. I mean, I think even like the skippers on Jungle Cruise, some of them turned out to be comedians later. Mm-hmm. Makes um, sense. You remember Scott Ackerman from Comedy Bang Bang podcast out there. He worked at Disneyland. He might have been a skipper at one point as an example that you might know. But yeah, and then I've, I've, I think I've heard some other people who've worked that and then went into some performing career later. So... I mean, there are performance characters, you know, you can be in the parades, you can do these different performance-based things in Disneyland, but that one is unique. Unique. Unique? New York. Don't do it. <laughs> no, that's good, though. It's pretty good. Uh, any other favorites about the land? There are very few characters. We we mentioned that. I'm okay with that. It's yeah. not something I need. Yeah, me too, I think. I think the thing that stands out about this land is not a lot there, not a lot of space, but everything there is awesome. Everything there is at least a B plus for me. There's no yeah, B minuses, yeah. no Cs. It's all B plus to A plus somewhere in there. Like I think Tarzan's Tree House is like a B plus, and then everything else is an A pretty much for me. I think you could say that about New Orleans Square, and, which we'll get to in Frontierland. Yeah. I guess so. I mean, I, we, Fantasyland maybe, you know, that's a we'll, larger we'll get to topic. It. We'll get to it. Yeah. In a future episode when we talk about the other lands, which we will be doing. <laughs> What's future. our next one? Our next one's in Orleans Square, right? We're going... Yeah, well, in a couple weeks or so. Maybe, oh, yeah. Uh, maybe next month. Yeah, yeah, sometime next month. So look yeah. out for that, guys. I and mean, we've got more episodes coming, um, but these land episodes are fun, and it's fun to look into them. Anything else? Any Any final thoughts on Adventureland you want to touch on before we say goodbye no we, we talked about the you know the inspiration for what was this land going to be it was based on true life adventures uh, the the film series and I think the clip that we played at the beginning of the episode really it subtly alluded to it um, so it's like I think Walt, Walt said that you know now that the work all the main work is done, and then he transitioned into Adventureland. The idea there, I think, being that, you know, you go on a vacation. It's a relaxing atmosphere. After you've finished your work, the hard work. So, yeah, uh, that's really the inspiration, and I think that they've captured it well, fine-tuned it over the years. I would, you know, one of those things, if you could travel back in time, I, will, I want to try the Tahitian Terrace. But other than that, you know, everything is really good now. I think the Tropical Hideaway was a big, big add-on. Yeah, I think I I think before that you could say maybe they weren't using all the space to the best of their abilities. Like all the space wasn't used as it could be. Now, mm-hmm. um, even if you just think that place is okay, like it's a good spot. 
you know, it's a good use of the, it's, it's well done. It's maintains the theme well, and the food is good enough mm-hmm. and it's a good experience. I think it's a good use of the space of which they have very little in that area. Yes. And a final quote that I don't think we used or spoke about from Walt describing what, what is Adventureland? It's the, the wonderland of nature's own design. So take that and ponder. Yes. All right, guys. Well, thank you for joining us on our adventure to to Adventureland. All right. Uh, Join us again next week. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. Bye.